and this is the Tell Me More podcast. The premise of this podcast is basically I'm nosy. Wait, I mean, I'm curious. And I'm always finding myself in these conversations with people where I am genuinely interested in their stories and I want them to tell me more. So this is a show where I talk to interesting people about interesting things. So as promised in my last episode, I'm sticking with the crap Amanda puts in her body but probably shouldn't theme. So last episode, I talked with my really good friend Jessica about nutrition and overall health and chemicals. You know, eating organic, using chemical-free soaps, all that fun stuff that I don't do but I know I should. If you haven't listened to it yet, definitely go back and listen. It's good and very informative. So today's episode is all about the chemicals and plastic that women put inside our bodies in the form of breast implants. So most of you guys already know this. I have implants. I got them about a year and a half ago. Why did I get them, you wonder? Well, honestly, it's because I had really tiny boobs. I work out a lot. Uh, I like to focus on my body and health. And it was the one thing that I just could not fix with diet or exercise. I didn't like the way I looked in certain clothes or in bathing suits. I spent a ton of time thinking about it. Uh, We talked about it, Karsten and I, who's my husband for you new listeners. Um, And finally, we just decided why not. So surgery was booked and off I went. So I have to say, I love them. The recovery was fine. They're all healed now and life is great, right? No, (laughs) all over social media, I keep seeing information on breast implant illness. So I'm not sure how familiar all of you guys are with BII, but essentially what it is, is all of these otherwise healthy women who have implants report a plethora of various symptoms that seem to relate to their implants and mysteriously go away when they get their implants removed. So a couple of people I follow on Instagram have even had the surgery and I'm still just ignoring it. So I do what I usually do with things that scare me. I ignore it. Uh, I didn't look into it. I avoided reading articles where the illness was even mentioned. I went about my merry little way, living my life with my beautiful boobs. I mean, I just spent 10 grand on these things. They cannot possibly be killing me. That would suck. I hate wasting money. I hate wasting time. I hate that I have these boobs that I love and that I probably need to have removed. It's frustrating. Well, scrolling Facebook the other day, I came across a post from Julie. Julie recently had explant surgery and she wanted to share her story on a podcast. So overall, I like to think of myself as a pretty open-minded person. I'm usually willing to listen to every point of view and every side of an opinion, even though there is one specific topic that I'm known to be really stubborn about. The people who know me know this. I'm unwilling to bend and that is religion. Honestly, I don't even want to get into it. So do not DM me. Don't message me. You cannot change my mind. Maybe I'm not as open-minded as I thought, but whatever. (laughs) You cannot change my mind on that. Um, So because I pride myself in being open-minded, except for about religion, and I'm willing to hear other people's opinions, I feel compelled and I felt compelled to reach out to Julie and just see if she wanted to tell me more. Get it? That's my podcast name. So I went into the conversation with her, hoping to be able to prove her wrong. I wanted to be able to say, well, I did my research. And sometimes what happens is these women are all in their heads. The mind can be a tricky little bugger, you know. Or I could say, since it doesn't happen to everyone, the few of you who have had these issues are just unlucky. Or I could argue, the studies aren't being done properly. They aren't keeping track of the people who had pre-existing conditions before the implant. So how can the stats be accurate? 
And then another one I found was maybe the majority of the stats are coming from women who had reconstructive implants, you know, like due to mastectomies after breast cancer. So surely their issues are from all the chemo and radiation in their system already. So during the episode, you can hear me go through some of that with her, but you can also hear that I am at a loss of words for a lot of it. Anybody who's listened to this podcast or knows me personally knows that I'm almost never at a loss for words. This episode got in my head, if I'm being honest. In it, you'll hear me asking her about the money it costs to get them removed and how I wonder if some people likely want them removed but just can't afford it. So after we stopped recording, Julie and I continued to chat a little bit and she mentioned that it might be an expensive explant surgery. But she did want me to mention to you guys that she is currently spending $45,000 a year to keep herself healthy. So after all of her health issues that were likely caused by the implants, which you will hear her go through in the episode, and I don't think she even covered all of them. So after all of that and recovering, just to keep her healthy now, what she has to spend on injections and natural remedies and the processes that she has to do to keep her in a healthy state, it costs her $45,000 a year to maintain that. So think about that. It, it Honestly, like you guys know me. I'm Some of you do at least. I'm super money driven. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm not spending money to get these things out. But if you put it in perspective like that, definitely something to think about. Um, take a listen to the episode I honestly wonder why I even do this to myself. Life is so much easier when you live in the dark, isn't it? Let me know what you guys think. I, I'm i actually genuinely curious what you guys all think about this. So please give me some feedback, okay? Enjoy the episode. Thank you very much. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Tell Me More podcast. So today I have a really interesting guest. Julie White uh, shares an amazing life with her husband, her three children, and two dogs, She's based out of New York, and not only is she an award-winning interior designer, but she and her husband also have a neuro-enhancement company called Field, and I actually just talked to her husband a little bit about what they do, and it's amazing. I'm going to put, I don't know, you guys should all look it up. I might put a link in the, to their website um, so you guys can all check her out. That's a side note, though. Um, so welcome, Julie. I'm so happy to have you guys, or have you on the podcast. Thanks, Amanda. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. I'm stumbling over my words because I was so excited about that conversation I just had with your husband. It's very interesting what you guys do. Yes, thank you. I mean, people get very excited about it. It's definitely not the norm. We've always kind of been off the beaten path, but we have a, a global mission and people are getting really excited about it. That's awesome. Um, okay, so that's not really why I brought you on here, though, today. <laughs> that it couldn't be further from why you brought me on. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> okay, so many of my listeners might know this already, but I'm sure a few of you don't. I got my boobs done about a year and a half ago. So yes, I have implants. Um, so I've definitely heard about breast implant illness, and it was on my radar to a certain extent because I've seen like various posts around social media. But to be honest, I've been kind of putting on my blinders to the whole topic because I live on this whole ignorance is bliss mentality when it comes to things I don't want to deal with head on. So sometimes less knowledge is better for me because I don't want to overthink it and get in my own head. So I just take the opposite route and I ignore it. So I know that this isn't a very healthy way to approach things, especially like inside my own body. So when I saw you post online about wanting to share your story, I felt compelled to reach out and just maybe educate myself on exactly what breast implant illness is. And I want to hear your story. So can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Like how old were you when you got your implants and what was your reason for getting them? So I was just turning 26 years old 
uh, over 22 years ago. And really, it's a funny answer because I never really considered my my breasts. I was confident. I was happy. I'm, I'm a very petite, tiny person. Um, but I was engaged to be married. And I was looking for wedding dresses. And as I was trying dresses on, something felt wrong. I felt like a little girl. And I didn't feel, you know, I didn't feel like a woman who was about to get married. And every dress sort of fit not the way that I wanted it to. And it was in that moment that I just made a very split and very naive decision to get implants. And I did. Oh, okay. And like how quickly after? <laughs> Um, not that many months later, I immediately consulted with surgeons. I did some research and I knew I, I lived a very organic, holistic um, life. I was very healthy, very fit. Um, so everybody in my family, my circle were kind of shocked because this was the antithesis of anything that I would ever do. I wouldn't even take yeah. Advil, you know, or drink soda. <laughs> Um, so I looked into saline implants, right? Salt water. And I was told they were very safe. Um, some doctors said that they had a lifetime warranty. Some said you will have to replace these within a decade, um, to, you know, 10 to 15 years. Great. And I, I booked my surgery and just two weeks before my 26th birthday, I had surgery. So you had them before you got married then? You ended up getting them? them. I did. I had them about eight months before I got married. I got small implants, 270 cc's, which would equate to what really ended up being about a a full B, um, a very small C on my frame. That was huge. And I I woke up from surgery and I felt great. I did feel like they were a little bit big at the beginning, um, but soon after that, they settled in and they were amazing. And I love them. They were um, everything I had hoped they would be. Perfect. So did you did you get them for yourself or did you like you kind of did explain that you got it because you wanted to fill out certain clothes? So had you always struggled with this body image issue or? I would say it was a I would say as a young adult, there were some body image issues, but nothing that was paralyzing. I was never, you know, I was in very healthy relationships. I was very happy. I was getting married to a man that I love, not my current husband. Um, He had no issue whatsoever, and neither did any of my long-term relationships with my breast size which was like a double A, maybe even smaller. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it was done for me. It wasn't certainly wasn't done for anybody else. And nobody ever knew that I had breast implants. People were shocked. Even people now who I tell the story to that are not like my closest friends, that I removed my implants, they didn't even know I had them. Interesting. Cause, and you had them so long, it was probably just kind of part of who you were <laughs> at Absolutely. this point. And I nursed two children with them as well. Right. So, okay. So how you said immediately afterwards, you love them. So how long until you started noticing symptoms and deciding like something is wrong? So I was extremely fit. I was working out six days a week. I was a runner. I was married to a man. We owned uh, boutique gyms. We were like really the epitome of health from the outside in. And I didn't realize that the symptoms that I started to experience were related to my implants at the beginning. Most people don't because I was young Mm -hmm. and I was healthy. So the first real onset of something very serious in terms of my autoimmune symptoms 
was when I was pregnant with my second daughter and um, I had a really, really difficult pregnancy. My first pregnancy was a walk in the park. My second pregnancy, not so much. I started to experience a tremendous amount of inflammation and joint pain I thought was all absolutely related to pregnancy. And then Mm -hmm. when I started to nurse her, I developed Raynaud's disease. Are you familiar? Um, I think possibly. Can you explain it? Sure. So Raynaud's syndrome or Raynaud's disease is a circulatory disease. It's an autoimmune disease. And essentially, it generally affects the extremities, the fingertips, the toes. Um, and you'll see people who have Raynaud's have to wear gloves at you know severe cases, gloves in the winter, their hands will turn completely white from the lack of circulation. So my hands and my toes were always cold, but this is not where I got Raynaud's. I got Raynaud's in my nipples. And uh, I, my friend had that now that you, yeah, I had a friend yeah. who had that and it's just this excruciating pain. She, ex- she explained it kind of like when you're outside in the winter and your hands are really cold and then you come inside in that like ting- tingling, burning feeling that you feel in your hands. Like, is that what exactly. you felt in your nipples? Exactly. Except that times about a hundred. I have a really, really high pain tolerance. This was the Mm -hmm. most um, excruciating pain. So as I would remove my nursing bra, I could just touch the strap. My nipples would blanch white, completely white. And I, as I would bring my daughter to my breast, the same would happen. And it's like electric shock-like pain. So it's neuropathy, it's neuropathic pain. And as the milk was coming in, or as I was taking my bra down, or if my daughter started to cry, this pain would come into my nipples. And my lactation consultant and all of my doctors said, you have to stop nursing. And I just, I refused. Um, Because, you know, I had a little bit of mama guilt. I nursed my first baby for two years. And I was going to nurse this baby, come hell or high water, and I did. And eventually, at about six months in, it subsided. So I didn't think much more of it. My breasts went back to normal. I had a healthy nursing relationship. I felt okay. Um, But then the real symptoms started. And in that next year, this is when my marriage was, I was unhappy in my marriage. And I knew that I wanted to divorce my husband. And I had an infant. And I started to experience a lot of pain in my body that didn't make any sense. Again, having no idea that it was implant-related illness. Um, Then I, I got a divorce. And I think the stress of the divorce is what catalyzed all of the other symptoms that I ended up having. I actually wanted to kind of talk about that a little bit. So you know how it's very common for physical symptoms to happen based on mental issues. So, you know, how many times have you heard of all these people with unexplained physical symptoms, but it's related to a mental condition. So a depression and anxiety, and all of a sudden every, this person has, you know, aching muscles and headaches and low energy. Do you like how do you know that it was a breast implant and not just overall stress in your life that was causing these symptoms? Well, so I think what it is is 
and that's exactly true. You hear this all the time. And a lot of women are misdiagnosed or sort of brushed off as, oh, you're depressed or you're stressed. And this is what's causing the illness. And without question, stress causes illness in the body. In my opinion, yeah. it's the, the number one killer. Um, how did I know? I didn't. I thought it was my divorce that was causing all of this pain. Um, right. What I can tell you is, you know, almost a decade down the line, how do I know that my breast implants cause my illness? And we can go down the, the rabbit hole of illnesses that I ended up with. It first started with fibromyalgia. Uh, I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia. That was my first major autoimmune um, diagnosis after the Raynaud's disease. And mm -hmm. I had, I can't tell you, Amanda, how many practitioners said to me, uh, you need to go on an antidepressant. Um, yeah. This is all the stress from your divorce. I'm not a uh, depressed person. I never suffered from depression. It was my choice to leave the marriage. Doesn't make it any more, any less stressful kind of, you know, the dismantling of the family. So it was very difficult and a difficult right. divorce to boot. But um, I just saw every allopathic and Western, uh, every Western and every Eastern doctor. So I was a big alternative and I'm a big alternative medicine person. Um, it was fibromyalgia, not a single drug helped. I'm, I'm very um, like pharmaceutical resistant, treatment resistant because my body is so chemically sensitive and this is implant related how do i know because when i removed my implants 90 percent of my symptoms went away i find that like i kind of started doing some research yesterday and i went down the rabbit hole and yeah. you know and i it's there's a whole community of people online and there's so many symptoms and a lot of them say, you know, I was having these unexplained physical issues for years and years and years. I got my implants out and everything went away. And so <laughs> I'm getting in my own head about, oh, my God, like maybe I have inflammation and all this stuff. But then I kind of started thinking about it. And like this is definitely I'm not arguing in any way because I honestly do believe that this putting a foreign object in your body, like, of course, your body is going to react with right. issues. We'll talk about the science for sure. For sure. <laughs> Um, but like, could it not be that you feel so stressed out and you're so worked up and you have all these issues, you know, cause the body can play a really like tricks on us. Right. As we know. And then when it gets out, when you get them taken out, could you, your body just be like, okay, I feel good now. And then like the stress is gone. Like, do you think any of that could be possible in certain cases? Um, to some degree, yes, but let's back up a little bit. And let me tell you what happened to my health. So I went from a diagnosis, a diagnosis of fibromyalgia to a place where I was wildly in love with my now husband, Devin. Um, I had gotten through my divorce. I was at the absolute height of my career in the middle of one of the biggest projects of my life. Things were absolutely fantastic. I was really, I couldn't have been happier. My kids were healthy. My, we had gotten a new home. Um, and something was changing in my body. And it wasn't just this fibromyalgia pain. It was something deeper. And, and the way that I would describe it at the time was it felt like it was coming from my bones or mm. that it was in my sinews and my tissues. And I could 
at that point, things had progressed in a negative way so rapidly that I was unable to walk up the steps. Um, I was unable to hold a mug. I spent years not being able to walk my daughter up the hill to the bus. Um, Everything was getting worse. It was this deep downward slide and nobody could find the root cause. Nobody. And it was, I don't know how long I, how, how long until I found a friend of uh, the family who said, tell Julie, I think it's her breast implants. And this was a woman who introduced me to the Facebook group that you're talking about, which is breast implant illness, healing by Nicole. And Nicole started a group, which is now over 115,000 women sick with breast implant illness. And when I went on, I started to read the stories of woman after woman, and I saw myself in every single one. And what I learned about breast implant illness, the facts, um, was that A, I had 44 of the 52 symptoms listed as breast implant illness. And these are like this isn't normal stress related. We're talking, I had chronic inflammatory response syndrome. I had um, IBS, fibromyalgia. I was diagnosed with lupus, systemic lupus um, that affected my central and autonomic nervous system. I had um, severe neuropathy that was like electric shocks going through my entire system. My joint pain was off the charts. I lost my, I was losing my hair. My skin was prematurely aging. I was itching. I had brain fog to the point where I would walk, you know, we all have a little bit of brain fog as we we get older, right? I'm going to be turning 48 years old, normal. This is like, I could take a pill or um, have a conversation and two minutes later, not remember anything of what just happened before um how long like I know you said they a lot of the symptoms kind of were happening and you didn't really put two and two together but how like when it was really bad how long after you had them in were you at the epitome of symptoms I would say 15 16 years in okay um they're submuscular saline implants and they certainly did not feel as though they were ruptured in any way. And when I started to read about silicone toxicity and what's in an implant, because every implant, whether it's saline or silicone, is in a silicone shell. And in that shell, there's over 40 toxic chemicals and heavy metals. And what happens is anytime we put a foreign object into the body, like you said, our body immediately responds invader. This is not supposed to be here. So the body starts to form a capsule with our own tissue to protect us from this foreign invader. What happens in that capsule is it starts to absorb the shell of the implant. All of the toxins start to seep into the, the capsule that's in our body. And obviously if you have a rupture, it's a whole nother story. Um, Right. Friends. So I started to look at doctors and I decided, you know, I couldn't live the way that I was living anymore because it was a wildly different life than anything I had 
I had ever known. My energy levels were so low. I had parathyroid problems. My hormones were all over the place. I was in perimenopause. Um, I had interstitial cystitis. I was diagnosed with interstitial cystitis. I had tinnitus. My ears would ring. Interstitial cystitis is a disease of the bladder where the walls of the bladder are inflamed. So it's not a UTI. Um, but instead it's this inflammation that feels like a UTI and there's no bacterial infection and there's no cure. And similarly with my lupus diagnosis, which once I found the lupus diagnosis, I said, Oh, bingo, that's the problem. I have lupus. And still at that point, breast implant, it wasn't my implants as far as I was concerned. And so many people said, could it be your implants? And I said, no, it can't be until I was introduced to the site and I started reading. So I went to see a few different surgeons and all three surgeons would not remove them. What? So tell me about those meetings. Like why, (laughs) how did they say no? (laughs) That doesn't make sense. (laughs) So those meetings were four years ago. And so this is how long I've been on this, this breast implant illness journey. Um, I went to C3 because what I learned is that the proper way to remove implants is called a total capsulectomy and block. And it's a procedure done where they remove the implant and the capsule that forms around the implant intact so that none of the toxins enter the body. And we remove all of the tissue surrounding the implant, which is where all of those toxins have been absorbed. Yeah. So one, it's a difficult surgery and it has to be done by a very skilled surgeon in explant surgery. Um, um, and N block is difficult. Capsulectomy is second best, which means all of the capsule is removed. Sometimes it's not possible to remove it all together. Um, like in, in my case it was, which I believe I sent you the pictures. So yeah. I'm really lucky, but I had tissue that was, had to be scraped off of my rib cage. I had tissue that had adhered to my chest wall, leaving me um, indented in my chest. Um, So I saw these surgeons, and one reason a surgeon might not um, opt to say yes to a surgery like this is because they're simply not a skilled explant surgeon. So it's a much higher level of difficulty and and risk. So um, one surgeon said, no, I'm happy to get all the capsule out but you're going to be really unhappy. Um, And this was kind of across the board shocking to me to see, I saw three female surgeons, um, two were oncologists, and all three of them said, you're going to be really unhappy, you're gonna be flat. And I said, I would rather be flat than dead because I thought I was dying. Well, all the symptoms that you're explaining, like that sounds like an awful way to live. Like you must've been, like, I know you said you were happy with your family and your home and everything, but when you're sick to that point, you couldn't possibly have been enjoying your day-to-day life. No, no. Things got so bad um, in the last few years, particularly the last year and a half, that it changed my life dramatically. It stripped me of everything and anything that I knew that felt like joy. There were still obviously moments. um, Nobody knew I was sick. And that's a really difficult thing about breast implant illness and invisible illness um, in general is that people didn't know that I was sick. 
You don't look sick. Um, yeah. Other than, you know, other things that, that came up, like I had skin cancer four times through this last journey. I had other things. I looked tired. I looked um, like I was in pain. My, my inner circle knew. But the outer world, you yeah. know, I still had a business to run and children to take care of. And that's my personality. So unfortunately, I didn't listen to my body. I did not nurture myself, which so many of us are guilty of. Um, yeah. When you're a strong woman, um, type A personality, business owner, entrepreneur, you know, the last thing I did was take care of myself in the way that I really needed to. And so what did the universe do? The universe said, guess what? Now you have to take care of yourself. And it knocked me on my ass. Did you ever have a moment of like, is this all in my head? Am I crazy? Or did you get that from like, I don't maybe your husband or somebody in your life? Like, you can't possibly be this sick. Like, get Count over it. Did you have any of that? Countless times. Um, yeah. From a, a nurse practitioner at my OBGYN's office that said to me, you know, like I said earlier, you just need an antidepressant to um, somebody who said, nope, it's just your hormones, um, to people who, who just said, well, she doesn't look sick. And on the other hand, my husband, the polar opposite, was and is the single greatest supporter on earth. This man has held space for me and been my absolute rock and I don't believe that I would be alive. I certainly wouldn't be well um, if he weren't in my life. Not every woman is as lucky. I, I see on, on my Facebook group of 100,000 yeah. women, how many people aren't supported? How many men are saying, you know, how many men, how many women got implants for their men? Yeah, like I know a lot, like I got them for myself. You said you got them for yourself. Yeah. I didn't do it for anybody besides, because like a little bit about why I got them is, I also really like working out. I'm huge into fitness. And, you know, I look at myself in the mirror while I'm in my workout clothes and my stomach's like the same size as my boobs. And I'm just uh -huh. like, oh, <laughs> like I stare at myself naked, you know, after a shower and I'm like pretty happy about my body except for this one thing. And I can't do anything about it. You know, I can't yeah. eat better to make it look better. And I can't, you know, and I so finally I was like, you know what? Like I'm doing it. I have the money. Why the hell not? And there's so many people, though, who did it for their husband or to, you know, impress somebody or because, you know, they think that this is how they're supposed to look. And then if you add on top of that, all of these symptoms and having somebody not be supportive of you getting them removed, if that's what you decide to do, that would be beyond hard. <laughs> I've read so many stories uh, about women who don't have supportive partners or who are single or who believe that. This is the only thing that makes them beautiful or feminine. And that speaks to a much larger issue in our culture, which yeah. obviously is so deep-rooted and so unfortunate that women don't feel like they're enough in the beautiful, you know, God-given bodies we've got. It's so interesting, though, because, like, I think I would kind of be – 
I don't know if it's hypocrites the right word, but I'm very a big I'm a big proponent of, you know, love yourself and, you know, you are enough and all that. But then here I am with these fake boobs because obviously I didn't feel like I was enough. Like it's funny how we like even like I, f- I feel like I've got pretty high self-esteem. But for some reason, I still felt the need to change myself. Like, why do you think women do that? Like, you did it. Like, what do you yeah. think the reason? Um, I, you know, it's funny. I, we have this ideal in in our heads and in our culture. And like you, yeah. I never had self esteem issues. I was confident. Um, and similarly with what we do to our bodies with Botox and fillers and. You know, I always said, why not? If you can get plastic surgery to make you feel more confident, why the hell not? Go for it. Yeah. Until I learned that what I did was I put toxic bags in my body (laughs) that ruined my life, ruined my life. And I, uh, when I finally came upon the right practitioner who is a functional and integrative physician, Dr. Susan Blum um, in Rybrook, New York. She is a, a world-renowned integrative physician and author, um, and she healed her own autoimmune disease. When I went to see her, she said, I had, I had my first, my initial consult, which lasted for many hours with all of my symptoms. And Amanda, based on my other business with my husband, we saw some of the best like scientists that the the world kind of has to offer in terms of genetics and epigenetics and nobody could heal me and i was looking for a cure and i came upon dr blum and she said here's the deal i think that your breast implants are causing your autoimmune disease and i think you have lyme disease which by the way, Lyme is also a secondary, um, very common in the breast implant illness community. A lot of women have Lyme disease as well, which is interesting. Um, so we tested for Lyme and I did have Lyme and two co-infections, which were treated. And then we started to treat me um, while we could. And I then had scheduled surgery. Uh, when I found the right explant surgery, I dove right back into the breast implant community. Remember, four years earlier, when those three doctors said, it's going to open a can of worms in your body and you're going to be unhappy, mm-hmm. um, I didn't get the surgery. I did not opt for the surgery. And I lived another four years and things got worse than ever. Yeah, it seems like the longer you left them in, the, the symptoms just kept getting worse and worse, it sounds like. Yes. And so I, last August, I made my appointment with a physician in Virginia, and he is one of the top explant surgeons in, in the world, and I knew that he was the right guy for me. He seemed really compassionate. I had a consultation with him, um, and he guaranteed a total capsulectomy, and mm. I knew that he was the one. And I didn't think that I was going to make it to surgery. I, things had gotten that bad. And wow. those last uh, six months or so, it was really a touch and go for me. And nobody other than my, my husband really knew the severity of my illness. And I also was unable to do any kind of detoxing prior to surgery because my system is incredibly sensitive. So anything I did from cranial sacral work to 
lymphatic drainage massage to anything. I did IV therapy. My, my lymph system couldn't handle it. And it would send me into a crazy flare. So I just did a lot of, a lot of praying. I did a lot of self-care, a lot of nurture and Reiki and energy work and got to my surgery date. How was the recovery and how long until you felt better and what did you notice immediately after? So I booked my surgery. We drove to Virginia and um, <laughs> I had a, a pretty seamless surgery. It was about four hours. Um, the implants, like I said, had adhered to my rib cage and my chest wall. One implant was actually upside down. And what? yep. And there's a valve. If you look at the photograph I sent to you of implants, each implant to be filled has a valve. And because my implant was upside down, for the few years prior to surgery, every time I got a mammogram, because I had a lump in my breast. So we mm. were watching this lump in my breast and they did want to biopsy it, but I was worried about rupturing my implant. So I never had it biopsied. Uh, long story short, when these implants were removed, that valve was flipped. So my implant was flipped upside down. There was never a lump in my breast. It was the <sighs> valve of the implant that was showing on the mammo. And they can't tell when they look at the mammogram? Nope. Wow. So that was like a huge shock. Also, my implants had what happens in a very small percentage of explants. One implant had a fungal sort of like a film on the outside of the implant. The implants were clear inside. One had this white film on the outside, which causes an allergic systemic reaction in the body. And the other had mold in the valve. And you can see that in the picture. Whoa. Do you think that the um, implant that was backwards, um, was it put in that way or did it flip when it was already in you? Do you have any idea? No idea. It's, Interesting. It's a really, yeah, I, I have no idea. I can't imagine that it flipped, um, but I really don't know and, and I'll never know. And I've heard of them moving and flipping before. Oh, they um, definitely so move. They definitely move yeah. and they ripple and they change and um, mine were certainly rippled. Um, and I, again, I had nursed two babies and they were in for 22 years. So there was a lot going on there. But when I woke up from surgery, uh, to answer mm -hmm. your earlier question, yeah. I woke up for the first time in six years without any neck or back pain, none. Like immediately. Gone. And I had read story after story and seen photograph after photograph of women who explant and they show their eyes the day before explant and they show their eyes the day before the day after explant and you're looking yeah. at just like the polar opposite it looks like a new woman same with inflammation in the face and um a lot of women get kind of like cystic acne and rashes and i i, I was fortunate not to have some symptoms I did not have any rashes. I didn't have any cystic um, acne, but severe symptoms that are gone 24 hours later. And people say, well, could it be the anesthesia? Yeah. Uh, definitely not. I woke up with bright white eyes. I woke up with absolutely no pain. I could breathe deeper than I had in uh, years of my life. But I was not one of the women 
who had this miraculous healing where everything was gone. Um, I am now five, just over five months, five and a half months out of surgery. I also had a fat transfer done with my surgery because I had such very little uh, breast tissue. And because the implants had adhered so severely to my chest wall, I was indented. Um, And so I opted to have a fat transfer, which is they harvest fat from your body um, and they put it into your breasts. And so I had 230 cc's of fat transferred from wherever he could find it, which happened to be my inner and outer thighs. And my perfect and my flags, right? Um, and so recovery in terms of my my breasts, my breasts felt fantastic, and the recovery for me was extremely difficult because, as per my usual history, I had an atypical response to the surgery. <laughs> I oh, had God. so much inflammation going in. Um, that my body was just, just freaked out from the fat transfer and, um, that systemic inflammation is so, you know, it took 22 years to get as sick as I did. So 90% of my symptoms are gone. I have no neuropathy. I have no numbness and tingling. I have no Raynaud's in my fingers, my toes, and I haven't had it in my nipples for many years. Um, my hair has has grown in to the point where after surgery, my stylist was like, I feel like I'm working on somebody else's head. Wow. Um, my skin was instantly brighter and smoother. My hands went from looking totally aged to looking totally not. Like they reverse aged. That's amazing. Yeah, um, and I'm able to to walk. I can walk up the street. I yeah. can do, you know, I'm just starting to do some um, light weights. I've been doing yoga, but I am dealing with detox waves, and that will happen um, sometimes for up to two years, they say. And I'm so, in... Sorry, what's a detox wave? That would be yep. like the your, your body detoxing? Exactly. So yeah. there's just so much chemical and heavy metal toxicity and so much immune dysfunction. I have raging oxidative stress. I have um, high, high levels of estrogen toxicity because implants are endocrine disruptors. So, um, you know, they're cytotoxic, they're neurotoxic, they're carcinogenic, they're just so harsh, and they live in your tissues, which is why I had so much inflammation. So the detox process is super important post-surgery. And I was living, I I consider myself really lucky because I was living very clean for the last 20 years plus of my life, Uh, organic and whole foods based and filtered waters and no alcohol, like all, I check all the boxes for healthy living. And yet these detox waves, and I'm in one right now that has been going on for a couple of weeks, actually, it's pretty severe. Um, it's, it's really difficult because I felt like superwoman after, a superwoman after surgery. And how do you know one of these waves is coming on? What starts happening? So for me, it was very clear that it was in my lymphatic system. 
um, I from sweating and the smell of heavy toxins and chemicals coming out of my body um, to extreme fatigue and pain in my in my body and then it would pass you know the first one came and it was a week and it was gone and I felt fantastic and the second one came and it was a little bit longer and this one um is the worst that I've had so much so that I like you know like you said I I questioned myself well I, I thought it was my implants what's going on and then right we did some testing and we found out that I had all of these high levels of um, toxic estrogen and that my tissues basically, my body's just not detoxing fully. And so I need assistance now and I'm on a full detox protocol. So do you think maybe that was because you had them in for so long? That oh, is just- absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. They just wreaked havoc on, on my system. And with all of the pain and all of the, the recovery uh, that I dealt with, Amanda, I, I would do it over again in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat. So like tens of millions of women get implants and there seems to be a huge amount who have this illness, but why is it that we, like the ones who don't think they have it or it's not affecting them or whatever is that the the symptoms are maybe so low that it doesn't affect their everyday life and they have no idea? Or is it possible that it just doesn't affect everybody the same way? Or like, what's your opinion on that? So I believe that it affects every single woman. Think about what we're putting in the body. How can this, how can it not? And we're talking about carcinogens. We're talking about toxins, heavy metals. You know, the list goes on. There's, you can find the list. I think that like, like you and, and like um, myself at the beginning, if you're lucky, it doesn't affect you at the beginning. And right. who wants to believe that they made a decision that would change their life forever yeah. in, a, in a way that could kill them, especially when it brings them so much bliss, right? It's amazing. Totally. Like boobs equal happiness for so many people. Um, <laughs> it's really sad, but it's kind of it's like- true. I loved them. I loved my, my boobs. They, yeah. I looked great with my boobs. And- you know, I, I, I miss them in that respect, but what about the fat transfer? So do you, like, they couldn't possibly have gotten that much fat and like, what, ha- like, is there still that roundness and the firmness? Does it actually look like a, I have a natural tears. <laughs> so this is the crazy thing about it. You know, once you start looking, once you start, like once I became part of this incredible group of women and I started to see the explants and I started to see the women before and after, I thought it was just me. And I was looking and I would say to my husband, oh my God, every single woman looks so much sexier and so much better without these implants. I mean, from flat Mm -hmm. to big, whatever, it doesn't even matter. And I realized like, no, they're not firm. They're breasts. They're natural 47-year-old tits. Totally. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I love them and I they're they're natural. Like I realized after surgery, I couldn't hug anybody for a long time after surgery. And when I had my first yeah. hug with my girls, 
heart to heart, I realized I've never, ever embraced my children, ever, since the day they were born, heart to heart. Fair, yeah. And that was... Do you, um, sorry, um, I'm just like, this, <laughs> that would, I, I totally understand that, that's a different kind of hug for sure, you don't have this plastic in between you. Exactly. I'm really starting to doubt everything I've ever thought right now. <laughs> I hope you know you're <laughs> turning I, I me to the so. <laughs> I hope so. You know, I my husband loves them. Um, and, you know, I didn't get a lift. I chose not to have a lift. I, I want a lift. I will probably go back for a lift um, mm. eventually because I've been through all this hell. I figured, well, why not have them the way I want them? Totally. Um, but I think that women are so resistant because, look, who wants to remove something that one, they've spent thousands of, do of dollars on, <coughs> excuse me. Um, and two, who wants to believe that this is what's really making them sick. So many women pass it off to age to, yeah. you know, pre-menopause to allergies. I can't even tell you. It goes on and on and on. Yeah. I actually, the money thing is something I wanted to ask. So to get them removed, I'm assuming you had to, you're, it costs money. Yes. Um, are there people who really want them removed and just can't afford it? So many. In your So many. Yeah. And for those people, there is something called care credit. Uh, I mean, these implants are really killing, killing women. There are women yeah. that, that, are dying and have died in my group waiting for explant. Um, I was really fortunate. Um, you know, when you have something that can affect you systemically like this, especially like with something like lupus or Hashimoto's or any of the autoimmune diseases, if it gets bad enough, you know, heart issues, liver issues, kidney issues, it goes on and on. So there are women that can't afford it and there's care credit. Care credit is essentially it's a credit card that uh, is for health. And they give you, depending upon your credit, what they can. Other people can sign for you, I believe. Um, people beg, borrow, mm. and steal for this. It's their life they're talking yeah. about. And, you know, where there's a will, there's a way, in my opinion. Yeah, and some sure. some insurance does cover explant surgery. Mine did not, unfortunately, um, um, and that sucked. But you know, breast implants were also recalled, which I'm sure you're aware. Yeah. Um, and also, the FDA issued a black box warning on every single implant which essentially is one step away from banning implants altogether. A black box warning basically says, use at your own risk. And this is what they're telling the, the surgeon. When, when was that released? I believe it was last year, May of oh. 2019, if I'm not mistaken. And all this information can be found on Nicole's site, healingbreastimplantillness.com. Right. And her yeah. Facebook group is... Um, breast implant illness and healing by Nicole. And she's been on the media, like I, she was on John Oliver. She's all over as this, um, as breast implant illness is now actually considered a real illness. It's it is now. Yeah. Cause I was looking online and I, I must've been looking at an old article, but it was saying that it's not actually considered an illness yet because 
it's too vague. Like the symptoms are too vague that you can't just do a test and diagnose somebody with it. No, I think that, and again, I, you'll be able to find the information on Nicole's site. Yeah. So I don't want to misquote, but right. definitely uh, on every single label now for every single breast implant. It may cause breast implant-related cancers um, and an illness. There's not a friend that I know that has implants that isn't suffering from multiple symptoms, not one. Really? And yeah. so do you have friends that are waiting for explants or are some of I them do. still like, oh. I do. And my best friend, actually, my best friend since I'm seven years old, explanted six months before me. She only wow. had them for two and a half years. She got wow. extremely ill um, and she removed them and her life changed. What were her symptoms? Well, she had spinal fusion surgery. Um, She, you know, there are so many unexplained symptoms. Like I had severe um, hip pain and um, my, I couldn't walk. And that has since gone away since I removed my implants. You know, looking at it from, well, we put these chemicals in our body. What did you expect was going to happen kind of thing? is like, it makes so much sense. A hundred percent. And, you know, as you read, you will see yourself in so many stories. And, and there's a number of medical lab tests that to test for all of these breast implant related illnesses. And that's a place yeah. to start for women who are looking to start. But once you start reading, you all of, all of a sudden things become very, very clear, crystal clear. I spent some time yesterday reading and listening to podcasts, like very similar to this one, just people telling their stories. And it kind of like reminds me, you know, if you hear somebody talking about lice, all of a sudden your head gets itchy. Uh, yes. It's that same thing. Like then all day yesterday, I was like, well, maybe I have shortness of breath. Like, oh, I have this rash on my hand. Like that wasn't there before. I'm <laughs> like thinking of all these things. I'm like, you know, I totally got in my own head. Whereas I think if I hadn't been reading or even having these conversations, I wouldn't have even been thinking about any of this stuff. So it's hard to know whether I'm playing a trick on myself or if these are legit issues. And here's what I would say to that. Um, I don't believe that, you know, a lot of people talk about psychosomatic illness or somatoform. And I think that if you pay attention and if you're in tune with your body, your body has all of the answers. You know what's real and what's not real. You know what's stress-induced and what's not stress-induced. You know, do an hour of yoga or meditation and you'll see what goes away. Yeah. What remains when you peel the layers of the onion away is what's real. And for me, my my body and my life changed. Didn't recognize myself anymore in the mirror or in my own body. And, you know, I'm still here. I'm still on the journey. And it's not easy. It ebbs and flows. And it's it's really, really hard sometimes. But I know that my implants were going to kill me. Yeah, it's definitely sounded like it, like not being able to walk and all your other issues that does not, nobody wants to live that way. That's no. crazy. And if you can get a quick, well, not a quick surgery, but you know, a surgery and you have drastic improvement in your life and your boobs are just a little smaller. Yeah, like, the proof is in the pudding. I'm sitting in a chair yeah. talking to you for I don't know how long. I couldn't sit down on a couch or at my office desk for more than five minutes. I couldn't stand back up. 
That must have been a ter- like a terrible quality of life. Like, and then you try to be positive because for your kids and your husband and everything, and you're just like in pain at all times. It was twenty four seven for. I mean, I think um, I did not have a day without pain for over five years. Chronic, wow. severe pain, not like a little bit. Of- Do you feel any long term effects in your mental health because of that? Um. So I. I really see the whole experience as quite a gift. Um, I wouldn't want to go through it again. (laughs) But, you know, illness has a way of, it's a great teacher. And I, I have greater compassion for humanity and for people who suffer. And I never use the word suffering. And and people would say to me, you know, my God, you're suffering so much, even physicians. I'm the daughter of a Holocaust survivor. So when I oh. think suffering, I think, you know, um, I think that's real suffering. And what I was going through was just life. And, and as my dad would have said, you know, it is what it is. Um, yeah. But when it got to the end, and then after I had surgery, when I went through the healing process, I really understood what suffering means. And I also, yeah. which I didn't share, um, one of the things that also happened in the year um, prior to explant was I started to get panic attacks um, and bouts of severe depression. And the depression was focused mainly on my own mortality. Like, I just didn't think I was going to, you know, live for that much longer. And I felt like I had a lot more to do here, you know? So I kind of wasn't ready to go. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But so did it impact my mental state? Absolutely. Both positively and negatively. You know, someone once said, through sacrifice, bliss. And in some ways, those silicone shell bags of saline did lead me to kind of unparalleled bliss because there's something that happens when you're stripped of your ability to do anything other than be. And that part, being stripped down to sort of like the filament of myself, was the great gift of this illness. Um, but the rest of it, the fatigue and losing my ability to have a pain-free day or hour or moment, I couldn't sleep, I couldn't drive, I couldn't work or play or make love, like that sucked. Yeah. And that yeah. leveled me, leveled me. It must have put a strain on your relationship. I know that you said you were really, like you have a really supportive husband. There, there must have been times where he was like, oh my God, like I wish you were just healthy. Um, I wish that I could say, I wish I could tell you that that was the case but no this this man is like a unicorn um seriously (laughs) yeah no he um he he saw this as a privilege and an honor to walk me through this journey wow and still does and I can't tell you how many times I've apologized to him even just in these last two weeks because of this terrible detox wave I'm experience I'm experiencing where I apologize and say I'm so sorry you have to live with this and he says this is my privilege and my honor and I wouldn't have it any other way you know there were two uh, three really tribes of people that were total lifesavers for me the online community the, the Facebook group because of the support of women. The support of women in general in a group is just magic, right? We know this yeah, as women. Absolutely. Um, and such gratitude for, for their stories and their rawness and vulnerability and, and honesty. And then the other is 
my circle, my women, my tribe of women and my husband and my children. And that's amazing. Yeah. You know, that's kind of that. That's it. It, it, it put a strain on everything in my life. It made me stronger as a human being. It made me um, more forgiving of myself as a mother because I couldn't be everything I wanted to be. It was impossible. It yeah. also made my children more resilient. And raising two girls is raising two goddesses, you know. <laughs> and I have taught them from, or at least hoped to, inspire them to have confidence in themselves. And I shared this journey with them from the beginning. So they are like, you know, the mug I drink from every day says, fuck breast implants on it. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Um, And yeah, you know, great teacher. Illness is a great teacher. Absolutely. What would happen if one of your daughters came to you and said, Mom, I know everything you've gone through, but I really want breast implants. And I'm like, I don't know how old your kids are, but when they're adults, you know, I'm doing it. I have the money. What would be your reaction? Well, it would never happen. I can tell you that, you know, with a hundred percent certainty. So my daughter Because of what they've seen. Yes. My daughter's yeah. turning seventeen um in two weeks. My other daughter is eleven. I also have a son who's seventeen. Um, but they are fierce, confident, and whole. And yeah. they know about the dangers of all things that are toxic, not just breast implants, but putting something in our body. And it doesn't end with breast implants. There's a lot of things that are implanted that have the same levels of carcinogens and toxicity um, out Mm -hmm. there. But something elective like this, you know, look, they're living in a culture that I I can't do anything about. All I can do is share with them and talk to them about how important it is to love ourselves and to have gratitude for breathing every day, you know? Yeah. And that's, I, that's, I love that. Yeah, that's something that they they took from this for sure. They're really grateful and appreciative of what it means to, to live through illness and to still like be okay. They also really honor the space I need to take care of myself. And that's important. That's the greatest gift we can give to our children, loving ourselves and nurturing ourselves because we're not taught as women in our culture to do that. I absolutely agree. I feel like we could do a whole nother podcast on that. I feel so strongly about that. Oh my God. I could talk about that until the cows come home. Until the cows come home. Yes. Like I I honestly had a little bit of a moment yesterday just because I'm like, somebody always needs me. Somebody in this family always needs me. And usually I get, because we're all working from home nowadays, right? I used to at least have a commute to be by myself. And it's really starting to affect me. And I, I realized yesterday, I'm like, I have not done any self-care other than I go for a walk by myself every night just to get away from the family, yeah. you know, but like, that's not enough. <laughs> and like, as women, we put so much pressure on ourselves to run a household and make sure the kids are taken care of and make sure your husband's ha- like, you know, all of this stuff. And we lose ourselves. We do. We really do. And this is the single most important gift we can give to ourselves and to our children is self-care. It, yeah. You know, I, I thought I was doing really well my whole life as I was raising my girls because they saw how passionate I was about my career. And right. part, of my, part of my career as an interior designer 
is to create spaces for people to be enveloped by, to live into the, the dream. I only take on clients. It's a very transformative process. I'm not just designing spaces. What I'm doing is designing for intimacy, designing for, for like home is the most important place in the world. And where does that start? It starts in our body. I mean, that's our real home. Yeah. So you're so right. I... So taking care of ourselves and shutting the door and going for that walk, doing yoga, meditation. Yeah. It's so critical. It's so critical, critical, especially now, especially when we don't have an outlet right now. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I feel like I could probably talk to you for two more hours, but I don't know if all of our, if our listeners want to have an attention span that long. So I really, really appreciate you coming on. This was amazing. Tell everybody where they can find you and the the Facebook group that you were mentioning. I'll post links to everything, but if you want to just plug any of your stuff right now, Wonder- feel free. Wonderful. So Nicole's group is, um, the Facebook group is Breast Implant Illness and Healing by Nicole. And there's over 114,000 women now and, and it's growing every single day. Um, I think it was like 60,000 when I joined. So wow. it's kind of had exponential growth. Um, and then she has a website where you can go down the rabbit hole and read about everything. And that's healingbreastimplantillness.com. And then for myself, I'm, I'm Julie White Interiors. And I'm changing the entire face of my business right now to focus more on the intimate home. And um, it's been such a, an honor. And I, I just really commend you because I know that it takes a lot to have this conversation when you've just gotten implants yourself. So I think it's really brave. And I just very grateful that you were willing to have this conversation. And this was my first um, podcast about this. And one thing, oh. yeah, it is my very first. I just, you know, I talk about design. I don't talk about boobs, but I, yeah. I know how important it is if I can change just one woman's perspective or one woman's life by sharing my story, then I'm going to continue to do so. I think I got like eight um, inquiries for podcasts. So you're my first, first of many, I hope. Awesome. Well, you did amazing. And I... I really, you, I knew all this stuff. I had a feeling, but like, it's like I said, I did the whole ignorance is bliss, put up my blinders and I don't want to know like, la, 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 plug my ears. You really, you've given me a lot to think about and it's definitely, I'm going to be paying attention to my body and my symptoms and, and fat transfer, you know. fat transfer. You can have boobs without the, yeah. without the issues. Like anybody can. Anybody. That's, I wonder all the, like, I know we're trying to end here, but like, why are surgeons still doing implants? Well, like if they're so bad, super, super interesting. Um, once you start to research explant surgeons, why are they doing implants? Money. Period. Yeah. End of story. It is yeah. a multi-billion dollar industry. Over 300,000 women get implants every single year. Um, yeah. And it is a money-driven industry and it's only growing, right? Yeah. But there are so many surgeons that are only explanting now. And that is awesome there. And and I think I really like, I believe that breast implants are going to be banned in the United States sooner, like, sooner than we think. What is your, what is your guess? If you could pick a date, like 10 years, 20 years, 50 years from now? Um, 
within the next five years. Wow. Interesting. Oh my God. You're <laughs> Honestly, I'm having a moment right now. <laughs> yeah. Lululemon did a campaign. Did they? They did. I mean, when we start seeing mass retailers and huge companies supporting and sponsoring breast implant illness, you know that it's about to change. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. Yep. I think you I I can't even argue it. You know, I was doing all this research and I kind of was trying to get information to back up the other side of the argument and there's just really not none. Like it the logical part of my brain knows like you don't put something foreign in your body and expect your body not to have side effects. <laughs> Absolutely. And and you're not putting something benign in. It's you're not just putting salt water in your body. That is being housed in a death shell basically. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I am so happy. Yeah, you're not wrong. I'm so happy to answer any questions that you have. Um, you know, outside of this podcast, if if you want to talk about this, really, like I am so happy to share more with you and resources and anything that I know. I really appreciate it. And again, thank you for coming on. I'm sure everybody got a lot of value out of this conversation. And I know I did for sure. I'm so happy, Amanda. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for listening to the episode. Julie and I had a really good chat and I appreciate her so much for coming on and sharing her story with all of us. At the beginning of the episode, you guys can hear me talking about the company that Julie and her husband Devin own. It's a neuro enhancement company. So if anybody wants to check out their website, check out experiencethefield.com. It has nothing to do with what we talked about on this episode, but I did find it really interesting. So if you were curious what I was all excited about at the beginning of our conversation, that's what it was. Um, as for the websites that Julie mentions, she was talking about healingbreastimplantillness.com and the Facebook group was Breast Implant Illness and Healing by Nicole. If you guys enjoyed the episode, please go rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. It really helps me to be seen and found when people are searching for podcasts. Leave me a comment on Facebook or Instagram. Send me a DM. I love hearing from you guys. I can't wait to catch you on the next episode. Thanks, everybody.